Hello everybody and welcome to episode 129 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and once again alongside me, as always, is... You see, I was expecting like a, you know, like a news anchor kind of thing, you know, like... You know, like I'm Ron Burgundy and he's, and I would have said something like Boobs McGee instead of saying <laughs> the other version of it there. But yes, it's Chris Vent, not Boobs McGee. So, um, hello. How are you? I am fine. How are you, sir? It's very cold outside. It is. It's no kind of atmosphere. I'm all alone, more or less. <laughs> so I thought I'd get Red Dwarf in there. Um, but yes, we are here to discuss um, some news items. But before that, uh, should you do the plugs or do you want me to do the plugs? I'll let you do the plugs okay. this time. Yes. So obviously, if you're listening to us, thank you for listening to us. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn, leave us a lovely review. Send us a screenshot of your review either on facebook.com you can search operation retroshock uh, send us the message there or our dms are open you can follow us on twitter retroshock pod um just like if you want to send us a dm with either that screen capture or just send us a message about if you're enjoying the show what you like to see in the show all that kind of stuff you can also do that i think that's that covered it is indeed. Well Yay. done, Christopher. Thank you. <laughs> so yes, everybody, welcome to episode 129 of Operation Retroshock, a Retroshock news episode for you. There's been plenty of things going on in pop culture and nerddom altogether, so there is. Uh, so we decided in the gap since our last Retroshock news that we'd gather together some that actually caught our eye and we thought would be worthwhile talking about for you to hear our opinions on. And hopefully you have an opinion as well. <laughs> yes, because we all need to have an opinion on these things. And we'll so. be friendly about sharing said opinions. Yes, yes, we will be. <laughs> so you would like me to go first, sir? Go first. Uh, this, for some reason, my th- three of my things are from the Hollywood Reporter. I don't work for the Hollywood Reporter. I don't know if they do fake news or anything like are that. Getting, are you getting paid? No, I never get paid. Um, which is... I can never say this first name, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Okay, who won Oscars for Best Director and Best Picture for his creature feature, wow, creature feature love story, The Shape of Water, has finally settled on his next new movie. The filmmaker will write, direct and produce a new adaptation of Pinocchio, setting up in his long in the long in the works project at Netflix, which made the announcement on Monday. Monday. God, I can read. Spit uh, bricks out. Pinocchio will finally put Del Toro in the belly of the animation wheel, so to speak. Oh, I see what they did there. The Mexico-born filmmaker has acted as a creative consultant and executive producer over the years in such movies such as Mega Man, Puss in Boots, as Ride the Guardians. Uh, the story will be told as a stop-motion musical and set during the rise of fascism in Italy under Mussolini. Um, it just says, the film's puppets will be built by... McKinnon and Saunders is known for their work on Corpse Bride and the Jim Henson Company and Shadow Machine who does like Bojack Horseman I've never watched a show in my life will house the stop motion animation project <coughs> with this obviously being on Netflix um, this is going to be something very different um, it actually says the tale of the puppet boy brought magically to life continues to be a resonated one and Disney is currently developing a live action remake of its own Paul um, Paul King who directed the Paddington movies is on board to helm this um, is this something that has any interest for you especially with it being stop motion stop motion whenever I hear the word stop motion always reminds me of Wallace and Gromit well yeah it's Ardman are a kind of key kind of guiding light in stop motion animation they're the ones 
that most people would think straight out the gate uh, chicken run and all that sort of stuff as well um that weird stone age movie that they did there recently i, I didn't watch it to be oh, yeah, honest pr- uh, prehistorics or something, something like that, like yeah. that. Uh-huh. um but i don't know what to think about this i'm a big fan of Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. Because uh, I love the likes of Pacific Rim and stuff like that that he did. Uh, not number two. Number two was wow. Um, and not in a good wow. Not a good wow. Okay. Um, but he wasn't really involved too much in that. So I do like Guillermo del Toro. like the original Hellboy movies that he did as I've well. Yet, I've yet to see the second one. I have the second one, but I've yet to watch it. But I do know that the big reason why I want to watch it is because there is a part to do with the Giants Causeway. There is, yes. Yeah. Um, I remember watching that for the first time and going, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Literally going, hey mate, that's from uh, Down Safe. But um, I'm interested also because it has the guy who was involved with Paddington involved with it as well, if he's going to be heavily involved in helming this. No, no. He's going to be doing the live action. He's going to be doing... Oh, sorry. He's doing the Disney one. He's doing the Disney ah, one. Ah, right. So okay. Sorry. Crosswires there. Cross um, strings. Huh. What I'm going to say more than anything here is this seems to be happening more and more often at the moment in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, this project from Guillermo is for Netflix, but we had this whole Disney's doing one, somebody else is doing one with yeah. Jungle Book. Yes. Uh, with Andy Serkis. And we saw what happened there. Andy Serkis' version of The Jungle Book was meant to be getting a cinematic release. And Warner Brothers, I think it was Warner Brothers was doing it, pulled the rug out from underneath them and offloaded it to Netflix. Right. So they did because I don't know whether they didn't have confidence in it or the amount of money that was invested in it and delays. So that's like that Annihilation thing with Natalie Portman that was meant to be in the cinema and then that got pulled from the cinema and then that ended up in Netflix. I think... If a you know if a movie company isn't overly confident, mm-hmm. we're going to see this happening more and more. So yeah. we are where it gets pulled from. You know, it means they don't have to put in the money of promoting it or anything, which is a heavy part of a movie's budget. Mm-hmm. Um, is getting out there and getting it promoted. They can just go right. Okay, well, we're cutting off that whole big outflow of money. Then we're going to get money in from Netflix who are buying it from us and from what I remember hearing the amount of money that Netflix paid for Andy Serkis' Jungle Book was hefty mm-hmm. uh, so it was so even if maybe the likes of Warner Brothers maybe took a slight loss yeah. on that movie it was probably far less of a loss than it would have been maybe if it had hit cinemas so this is different though mm-hmm. because of course this is something that's been designed it seems for Netflix straight out the gate. Yeah. So is that this hasn't gone through the whole millions and millions and millions being dropped on it for a big screen release. Mm-hmm. So how much money is going to go into this? I don't know. Stop motion is intriguing. It's not something that's done as much nowadays because we get computers and stuff like that involved nowadays. CJ. Um, the only thing I'd maybe be slightly worried about would be the way they're overly mentioning the whole fascist Italy yeah and all here it's like but and that's probably part down to having grown up having watched the cartoon yeah Disney Pinocchio you see Pinocchio and you get that Disney vibe from it yeah oh yeah even even though it's based on I'm not going to say a true story but an actual book that yeah was a lot more gritty Mm. there's that 
gritty word again mm-hmm. that we hear about movies a lot nowadays uh, than what Disney portrays. It's the same for a lot of the stories that Disney have portrayed over the years. Little Mermaid does not end well in the real book. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be interesting because I think it depends whether they're going to gear this towards kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are now. I know the Disney one will gear towards kids, yeah. no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Guillermo, I could see him pushing it because there's the mention of like fascist Italy and all. Yeah. I could see it straddling that line of sort of a show for everyone. Okay. Anyway, I've rambled enough. I'll let you get a word in edgewise. Well, well <laughs> before we like move on to that, um, you mentioned about, you know, like obviously it's going to Netflix. You said about like the Andy Circus thing going to the jungle. But obviously with the likes of say Disney movies, sometimes we would have like say Lady and the Trump too. And we went straight to DVD. Yes. Do you think now instead of things being straight to DVD and straight to, you know, straight to DVD or straight, you know, to whatever, it's straight to Netflix now? It seems to be the bigger platform that has more of an audience now would be people streaming things on Netflix rather than going and buying a DVD? Um, it's a viable option. Uh, so it is. It's happening more and more now. Um, I could see Disney very much going that direction with the, their eventual video on demand yeah. service. Mm-hmm. That's that's why we're getting something we'll talk about shortly, the whole Mandalorian TV series. Um, and then there's the potential that they may make specific kind of Star Wars or you know, or Marvel yeah. based property shows or kind of I'm not gonna say B movies, but as you say, those sort of direct to D V D style movies to put up on the network of theirs there's me using the WWE term network mm-hmm. um, to pull people in I could see it being more successful for Disney yeah. than I could for Netflix um, because it seems a lot especially recently for Netflix because they lost so much money because of the whole Kevin Spacey this is it yeah. thing. you know Netflix are barely probably punching 500 when it comes to really good like movies and mm-hmm. stuff that they put out there um, same as everything big movie companies don't have success all the time so it, you know it's not going to be any different for Netflix um, but yeah I could see this becoming a more common occurrence if a movie company is not too hot on yeah. the finished product okay. that they've been seeing I just want to get your take on that because obviously it saved them you know obviously we get with the likes of PlayStation and Microsoft you know that instead of printing the game they'll put it up on the digital side of it so then they don't have to worry about printing you know, like inlays or things like that. They don't have to worry about printing all on a DVD. They just put the game up and away they go. So that's why I kind of wanted to get your your take on that. But does it interest you at all? I don't. I don't know. Like with you saying that, you know, like it could be kind of a dark one. I could just picture father going, "Oh, there's Pinocchio. Let's put that on for you." You know, like a three year old crying his eyes out because Pinocchio is getting flogged in the middle of you know, like the uh, middle of Italy or something, um, or burnt alive or something but um it's not something that i've really thought about and you know like i say stop motion you know it's very much like whenever team america came out you're like oh puppets and you're like that reminds me of thunderbirds and then you watch it and you're like oh that's quite funny and they said i'd never do that again so be interesting to see how this is done and whether he would say I'm never ever doing stop motion again because it's very, you know, move something, take a shot, move the next part, take a shot. You know, it's very 
fiddly and it's going to take a while for it's time consuming oh yeah yeah because whenever you watch like documentaries to do with like Ardman stuff you know like if if Wallace goes to smile he basically has to take his teeth out widen the mouth and then yeah, obviously you have to make sure that it's you know if you're moving the hand it's like move it one inch one inch one inch one inch one inch one inch I'm getting bored to say an inch you know but it takes a while probably not even an inch probably a centimetre at yeah most, exactly but it just moves so slowly but if you're a master of your craft, but if he gets people in who know what they're doing, then it could go well. It may not go well. We shall see. Absolutely. Don't make a liar out of us. Oh. oh. Right in the nose. So, next Who up. knows? Oh. Pinocchio knows. Oh, flip. So many noses. Uh, so, next up from my side of things is, uh, this is from Esquire. So, very posh. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker film has its Alfred and young Bruce Wayne. Now, this was something I didn't actually uh, see coming for this movie. But uh, there are a few things every single Batman adjacent film needs to have. It needs a bit of where Batman suits up. Uh, it needs a bit where the villain finds unexpected similarities between himself and Batman. More than anything else, though, it needs a flashback to the night Bruce Wayne's parents died. And a reassuring, if gnomic, uh, bit of encouragement from Alfred... Uh, if I can talk, say it's contagious. Yeah, it is. Uh, from Alfred the Butler. Joaquin Phoenix's Joker film looks like it's honouring the most, most of that orthodoxy. Why are they using such big words? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, as it's gone and cast, it's Alfred and young Bruce Wayne. Uh, Douglas Hodge will play the former, while the young Bruce Wayne will be played by Phoenix's You Were Never Really Here co-star uh, Dante Piera Olsen. That's a heck of a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hodge was largely uh, a stage actor until recently, but has turned up in Russell Crowe's Robin Hood. And Red Sparrow, as well as getting some valuable butlering experience under his cummerbund uh, as Paul Burrell in Diana. Oh, oh God! Yeah! Wow! Oh, oh, oh. Wow! So, what do you think of this? It's uh, it's one thing nowadays. I think that you just don't need in a Batman universe movie anymore. Much like with Spider-Man, you don't need to see Spider-Man losing Uncle Ben anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to see Bruce Wayne losing his parents anymore. No, because what was what was it in? Was it in... It was what? Batman versus Superman. Was that the one that had the guy plays Negan and the yes. guy plays Maggie as yes. his mum and dad? Uh-huh. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, okay. Okay, that was... Well, I never really watched that movie. I did, did I watch... No, I didn't watch Batman versus Superman. I don't think you did. I watched Man of Steel. But yeah, they did a whole yeah. opening sequence in yeah. that. I don't need to see that. You know, like, and obviously one of the Telltale Batman games has a big focus to do with the fact that his parents, his dad, like, worked for, the, like, the Mafia or something like that. So that was a big thing to do with that. Um, but, yeah, like you say, it's like whenever Spider-Man Homecoming was coming out, you know, like, I'd seen, like, reviewers saying, like, please, please don't give us how Spider-Man got his powers because we've seen that twice now. We don't need to see it again. We know how it happens. Everyone knows. You can pick up, you know, launch a comic book at the same time. It'll come out. You launch a cartoon. We know. You know, even in the intro for Spectacular Spider-Man, you see him being bit by a spider. (laughs) You don't need to see it. So, you don't need to see his parents getting killed. Um, Yeah. In essence, you know, you kind of don't really need to have a young Bruce Wayne in it because you can just basically say, if you want to see what happens to young Bruce Wayne or the young Joker, see Gotham. Mm-hmm. You know, essentially, you could put Sean Pertwee as Alfred 
Oh, yeah. Like, and that's one thing that I would have done. Because um, they were talking about doing that penny worth. I near said Pennywise, which would be a totally different <laughs> That's movie. a different movie. Yeah, uh, with balloons Or and series, all. even. But then, wasn't this the movie that was meant to have De Niro as... A news guy or something like he, that? It was either that or he was the Joker's dad. Something, something like that. Yeah, yeah he, and then he was teased as being He involved. was going to be in it and then he wasn't. But, again, this is another movie that nobody has asked for. And you've got another person. So you've had Jared Leto playing the Joker very, very briefly in Suicide Squad. Yes. Yeah, very, very briefly. <laughs> Again, I have to think about these movies. Um, I like the way these are all tied together as well, by the way. Um, but yeah, um, I don't need to see his parents getting killed again. Yeah. We all know what happened. You could even say that over the course of while the Joker, you know, like is talking to somebody and going like yeah and then the Wayne family oh that got tore apart because you know and then just a flashback his parents getting shot and that's all you need to see you I don't need to see them walking out of the cinema walking down the alley the guy pulls his gun out and then the beads go everywhere and then they're both dying dead and he's in the middle yeah. going no the the reason I think this is a wee bit more substantial maybe just a wee bit maybe more substantial than the regular old you know, okay, here's Bruce in the back alley with his parents and they get shot. Um, is cause Alfred's involved? Cause they've cast an Alfred? Cause they mightn't even do the whole I would love it if they don't do the the whole parent shooting thing. If it's a simple thing of they go a different direction where there's of course been footage floating about online, it's not been very well hidden at all. Uh of filming in like the subway yeah. and mm-hmm. craziness happening. Yeah. Not that I'm expecting a young Bruce Wayne to be in and around public transportation. Doesn't <laughs> no. need that. Because no. he has Alfred. But even if there's a sequence where maybe they're out and about or whatever, something like that, say Alfred's trying to get him to school or something mm-hmm. and something kicks off in the background. If they did something like that, you know, and they got caught up in it or whatever, wouldn't mind that too much. But well, if they go away from the regular formula one thing I would say is that if obviously these are going to be people who play a main part in the movie, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily mind if that how the movie ends. Yeah. Because then you know in the original Batman one that he was the one that killed his parents. Yes. So if you were to tie that in and kind of, you know, that's this is almost going to be your rogue one to your episode four. I got and you. then, then yeah, it yeah. could lead in towards each other and yeah. kind of have that bit of continuity that you don't necessarily because all you need to do is have them all you need to do is have the shadow like they do there and then whenever he shoots and then that that's all yeah i would say that that would probably be a good way to end a film that's going to have a lot of inverted commas laughs but at the same time be quite dark which batman is known for but that for me would be if you got to know more of the backstory about his parents rather than like you say with uncle ben you know like you get shot and then that's it you know like I don't if that's how it ends fair enough but I don't need to see that and then Bruce and Alfred going together because again I've seen that all through Gotham you know we don't need it to be that oh we're 50 minutes into the movie and some sort of flash forward or flashback or something happens that triggers a certain plot point moving forward or whatever but it is a movie I am very much looking forward to. I think Joaquin Phoenix will be a fantastic Joker. Um, can't be any worse than Leto, really. No. Um, 
I'm not saying Leto was terrible, but uh, when it comes to ranking your jokers, he would be at the bottom of the list. Yep. So he would. Um, didn't get a lot of screen time, but, you know. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to this movie, but the need for Bruce or Alfred in it, I don't feel it, to be brutally honest. Okay, well, from one DC movie to another, um, Warner Brothers... Um, has delayed Wonder Woman 1984, moving it back seven months to summer 2020. Um, Warner Brothers also announced that the $6 billion man is being taken off their release calendar for now. I didn't even know they were making a movie of that, to be honest with you. So, Wahlberg. Hmm? It was Wahlberg. Oh, okay. Wonder Woman 1984 will now open on June 5th, 2020, the same corridor in which the first movie debuted in 2017. The sequel previously was set to open on November 1st, 2019. Star Gal Gadot tweeted the news Monday, We had tremendous success releasing the first Wonder Woman film during the summer, so when we saw an opportunity to take advantage of the changing competitive landscape, we did. Warner's president of domestic distribution, Jeff Goldstein, said in the matter... Statements moments after Goodall tweeted, this movie, this move lands the film exactly where it belongs, whether everyone's scared or something or whatever. Um, it just says about the sequel, reuniting Goodall with Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins and co-star Chris Pine, which we still need to figure out about that. Um, Wonder Woman groundbreaking and female... Featuring a female superhero grossed more than 412 million in North America and 821 million globally. Um... Speaking of which, relocating uh, Wonder Woman 1984 means it won't open mere weeks after Warner's launched Todd Phillips' supervillain pick Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix on October 4th, 2019. So it'll be after that. So um, in the its new date, Jenkins' sequel has the June 5th, 7th, 2020 weekend to itself. So far, at least. A week later, Universal's action thriller Red Notice starring Dwayne Johnson is set to unfurl on June 12th. Last week, Disney, Disney moved Johnson's Jungle Cruise from October 2019 to July 4th, 2020. And it remains to be seen whether Red Notice says where it belongs. So again, you're going to be having a few films there with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. No, just looking, when you were mentioning there about the date change, because I was trying to remember exactly when... It was originally scheduled. You kind of dropped the hints there. So it's actually... This is its third move of date. Sorry, second move of date. Because mm-hmm. it was originally scheduled for December 2019. Okay. Then they moved it to November 1st, 2019. So they, did, so they moved it from December because Master of the Universe. <laughs> and episode 9 is due out then. Exactly. They would just get demolished. Maybe yeah. They would have a week or so until it came out. Or a few days at least. It would be a week probably. Uh, so they would have, but then it was back to November, and now we're all the way forward to June of the following year. Now, this is a common trend with DC because obviously our Flash movie has been pushed back to twenty twenty one. Yeah, so that's do you, want the, do you want the scary fact here before you fire on here? The Flash TV show will be in season eight, and that's on what season five at the moment. Yes, gee whiz, when the Flash movie comes out, if it comes out. Yeah, because that's very much like, you know, they've changed directors and things like that. And again, you haven't heard casting about like who else is going to be. Is it just going to be the Flash running around for, you know, like an hour and a half? Yeah. But what are your thoughts on this delay and the fact that it's not the first time or won't be the last time that DC has done this? It's just typical DC. You know, I'm not going to be sitting here to bash DC or anything like that. I enjoy Marvel. I enjoy, you know, DC. 
anybody that's listened to this show knows I absolutely loved Wonder Woman when it, you know, the first one when it came Wonder out. Wonder Woman. Um, I just want good superhero movies, to be brutally honest. Yeah. Um, but DC, when it comes to their movies, uh, let me just say, don't know their backside from their elbow. Mm-hmm. To put it politely. Okay. Well, here's a question for you. When was the last time a Marvel movie was delayed? That's a very good question. It probably has happened, but I couldn't tell you. They've brought movies forward. They have indeed. Yeah. yeah. It's, this is purely, I would say, financially based. As we were saying, Star Wars, other things in the original release slots. But I think pushing it all the way to June mm-hmm. is maybe a bit much. Because, you know, this movie is well underway, if not wrapped by now. Yeah. So I think it should be wrapped. It was filming a good while ago. Um, so the fact that it won't be out like for, what is it now? This is October of 2018. Mm-hmm. So basically we're going to have Aquaman to tie us over until that movie comes out. Yeah. Then. So basically a year and a half Yeah. until the next one comes out. But DC has history of this. Because they did it with Batman vs Superman as well, if I remember rightly. It was originally scheduled. For a certain date. Mm-hmm. And then it got pushed back. And it was like two years down the line. Even though they were actually filming it. And rounding up filming at that time. Okay. It's it's purely... It is purely running scared. Or just wanting to err on the side of caution. And it frustrates me because... Like I said, I enjoyed the first Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. It's the potential to be their most successful. Yes. That they have. Yeah. And you've just went and pushed it back another guts of what, eight months? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to strike while the iron's hot. So near enough somebody could go and almost have a kid in the time that movie comes out. Pretty much. Interesting analogy, but hey-ho. <laughs> um, but no, it is. With entertainment, there's so much coming nowadays. Mm. There's so many Marvel movies. We're getting three up to four Marvel movies a year sometimes. Superhero movies, there's the guts of... I don't know how many this year, like seven, eight maybe potentially this year. People forget easily. Do you think as well, with this being put back to then, do you think we will have the Black Widow movie out before that? I think I might just be pushing it. It might just be pushing it, but this is the thing. All bets can be off as soon as kind of stuff gets revealed Mm -hmm. with Avengers 4. Yeah. Because once that, that... is underway and out in the public realm then they don't have to be so secretive Mm -hmm. so for all we know the first movie after Avengers 4 that hasn't been announced yeah you know a slot that hasn't been announced could be Black Widow so it could maybe just but I'd still say Black Widow maybe just afterwards okay because I saw Marvel recently they removed a date or something like that that was scheduled for down the line I don't know exactly what that was about, but that's going back to what you were saying. When have you seen Marvel delay a movie? Mm-hmm. If they've done anything, they've either just scrubbed the date before something's announced, yeah, so that there isn't any kind of question marks or whatever. But I think maybe I'm just a bit frustrated because I don't get to see my Wonder Woman sequel for an extra True. eight months after what True. it was scheduled for. To be honest with you, with Alexa the Flash, we're not bothered because, like Justice League. And didn't have the success, obviously, that Wonder Woman did. And because we wanted to see another good sequel to 
arguably DC's best yes. work in quite some time, especially to have a female superhero and to have it being such a good enjoyable movie rather than I have to sit through two and a half hours of this. Yeah. I have to watch the extended cut of this to understand. <laughs> you know, oh my mum's name's Martha too. Let's be friends, yay. Um but yeah, to, to watch to get that delayed is kind of a bit oh, I was looking forward to that. And now it's like, well, will will I re- will I care about it seven months later? I don't know if I will or not. And that's the thing. You got Like you say, you got to strike while the iron's hot, you know. Because this is the thing is, I know we're going on a bit about ragging DC ever so slightly, but DC is in a critical position here now. You know, they've had multiple critical failures. Mm-hmm. You know, review-wise and fan response. I'm not going to say total failure in the sense, but split response. Failure to them, probably. It's a split response. Uh, think of Man of Steel, the first kind of proper start of this. I'd r- rather not the, think about it if that's all the same. I didn't enjoy that. I did not enjoy it either. I felt it was it really dragged, etc. But everything there since has kind of been split bar Wonder Woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Justice League, a movie that if you to turn around and said... This is essentially their Avengers. Of, yeah, if you turn around a couple of years ago... Right, no, let's not even go a couple of years ago. Say we'd went back eight years ago. I'm just pulling out a random number of reasonable distance there. Okay. And we had that Man of Steel movie. But maybe better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a Batman movie. We had a Flash movie, we had a Wonder Woman movie, and then we had an Aquaman movie. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we had a Justice League movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd be sitting here talking about how successful potentially a Justice League movie was, potentially a $2 billion movie. Because mm-hmm. that's what people were expecting in the run-up to Justice League. And Avengers 3 made more in its opening weekend than its entire international run for Justice League. Black Panther did the same and that's mm-hmm. opening weekend which tells you everything DC are now at this point where right Wonder Woman was their success Aquaman's sitting here holding station for Christmas yeah. surprisingly a lot of people thought it would maybe get November mm-hmm. or whatever but if Aquaman doesn't hit I think it might I think it might I think Jason Momoa is the sort of actor he has a bit of charisma people kind of think he's a cool guy and like him I think that'll draw audiences in but that doesn't make you a successful movie it's if the story's good and it makes people want to go back and see it again it's Mm. the repeat viewings that earn the big bucks for a movie but if Aquaman doesn't do that then all you've got is Wonder Woman again and you've just pushed it back eight months Mm-hmm. But I think we'll leave it at that. I don't want to rag any <laughs> any more about Wonder Woman. Uh, well, not Wonder Woman, but DC. But uh, I'm still looking forward to seeing it. But 2020 is a long way away. Yay! But into the Marvel Universe then, everybody. Into the MCU. Uh, a little leak happened this week. Um, and that is that an image appeared online. I don't know exactly how it was acquired or whatever. Alan posted it. I didn't do anything of the sort. Um, But an image went online of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow in what appears to be a, I'm not going to say Iron Man suit, 
but one of those sort of suits of armor meaning it looks very likely that in avengers 4 we are going to get pepper pots actually donning an outfit and being rescue now i've showed chris the picture um what are your first thoughts on it chris now we have to you know we can rag on it all we want if we really want to but this is all pre-CG at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit silly her her taking the photo to then post on that there and then go, right, okay, well, here is what I look like in this suit again. There's so many leaks and stuff like we were talking about, you know, a couple of weeks ago about like the leaks of Doctor Who and things like that. Um, and then I think I said to you about... In next week's one, episode four, is the one that was filmed outside Natalie's work. Yes. Yeah, because you could see, like, the buildings. Yeah. Oh, I like did laugh at that one yeah. the whole next time. Thing yeah. And I was like, I know there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, sometimes, you know, the likes of that doesn't really give away much. It could just be something that maybe she's done that to try and get a bit of publicity for her or whatever, or whether it's a case of they went, right, well, you'll be wearing this here, but it'll be a case of whenever... Tony's making more Iron Man suits. He wants to cater for the female variety and that's why Pepper's wearing it or whatever, things like that. Plus the fact that that must mean that whenever... I don't want to click the fingers and spike the recording, but whenever the snap happens, that Pepper must have survived or whether she's wearing that to then go into the quantum realm or something like that. Yeah, Um, There's a lot lot of possibilities and things like that. Um, And again, that's something that we will get on to in a minute or two as well but yeah um the only thing i can kind of think of with it is that it could be a sort of a desperate times desperate measures sort Mm -hmm. of thing that you know tony eventually somehow makes his way back uh to earth Mm -hmm. and realizes just how up against it they are and how few people they have left yeah and he reluctantly has had this suit probably in one of his bunkers like in Iron Man 3 the way he had that like vault under the house yes where there's just hundreds of Iron Man yeah. suits mm-hmm. he's probably had something there for a considerable amount of time in case something major happens more for her protection mm-hmm. probably than her actually actively getting out there and yeah. superheroing yeah is that a term technically um, well yeah but she's like oh well I'm going to get involved because you know, we're up against it and she could end up, like you say, being part of the team that does the whole quantum realm stuff. You just don't know. You're part of the, the Revengers. But um, it does look more streamlined, mm. which you would kind of expect. So you would, you can tell also in the picture, this is the thing with like pictures that, you know, you have to take them at what they're worth. But it does look like they're going for what they've been doing with, RDJ with yeah. the whole it's just kind of down to your chest mm-hmm. and then the rest is just kind of like a wee, you know suit for your CG dots things that they use for motion capture um, I think it'll look well when it's dickied up there's a term that the Americans will not even understand wow whenever it's um, brought up to speed and whenever it looks the part and all rendered and everything I think when, that's when, what when it's I'll... all shined up and polished nicely don't mention the word so that, that word and then shine after that's just a bit uh, a bit not very good um the only thing is is that i don't want gwyneth paltrow to be in avengers in the new avengers movie that much because you're not I, a fan i do not like that woman any i'm sorry but naming your daughter after a fruit 
is pretty bad. And then to be on certain <laughs> shows and talk about certain parts that only a lady has. I don't know why you do that, but anyway. Moving re- on. Regardless, so uh, speaking of, the, we'll stick with Marvel, that move, Marvel Studios boss Kevin... Feige. Okay, thank you. On when the Avengers 4 trailer will debut and Guardians 3 status. Um, at a special screening of Black Panther on Thursday evening. <laughs> this is not old news, by the way. This is actually uh, from October 26th. Um, Cyrus XF... XM journalist Eric Weber posted a tweet of responses from Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige, I'll just say that, on whether when the Avengers 4 trailer will debut, among other questions. Um, okay, here we go. Three quick questions. Avengers 4 trailer before the end of the year. Neymar, in inverted commas, could make an appearance, still deciding if and when, and Guardians 3 status on hold. Um as the search for a new director continues at the time, a small group of crew who were prepping for pre- production in Atlanta were told by Disney and Marvel Studios they were free to work on other films and products. Feige also said that Neymar could make an appearance in the MCU but they're still deciding if and when that could happen. Feige um, told us in August about the complicated rights status that was circulating around the character as what we heard is that Universal holds the distribution rights to Neymar. Uh, the rights cause the same issue as to why the Hulk cannot have a standalone movie. Last year, Ruffalo said we'd never see him as a Hulk in his own movie because Marvel, because Universal doesn't know how to play well with Marvel. And Weber also traded news that Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy confirmed at the same event Thursday evening that a long rumored Boba Fett standalone film is 100% dead and is instead focusing on all of his effort on John Favreau's The Mandalorian. Hmm. Hmm. So, IGN has reached out to Disney for additional comments and will update the story as such. So, first of all, Avengers 4 trailer this year, it seems to be, so whether we're going to get it either November or December. I have a funny feeling that it was around November time. It's normally, like, is that whenever they have, like, a big American football game? I am not up on my sports. I'm trying to remember. I think it's the new year. Okay. To be brutally honest. But my tracking of American sports, anything other than ice hockey, yeah. uh, is kind of on the slim side of things. Okay. So it is. Because I have a funny feeling around November time, I think was whenever we got our first teaser for Force Awakens. Yeah. But I could be wrong Oh, it was that. the Oh, it was the tail end of the year. So it was yeah. when we got that Force Awakens teaser originally. I think... They need to do a trailer of some sort for Avengers 4 before the end of the year. Not just for the sake of it, but I think because there are so... Well, I'm not going to say so many other movies relying on it. Mm -hmm. There is, technically. But Homecoming 2. Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Obviously that's got filmed. We know Spider-Man, spoilers, will be back. Yeah. Somehow. uh, From... You know, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it would look bad, I would think. I don't know, this is maybe just me. don't know how would you feel on this. It would look bad if Sony went and released the trailer for Homecoming 2 in October. Not October. Why they say October? Because it's <laughs> October. Um, well, very my, small my, window there. My, my year's getting away from me, that's why. Uh-huh. But say in two weeks' time, yeah, Sony released a teaser for Homecoming 2. And there's not a bat of an eyelid about what's happened in Avengers 4. Because that I, has to be acknowledged somehow. I think that'll be something that they won't do until they've been given the go-ahead from Marvel to do so. This'll be very much like Last Jedi 
Han Solo um, yeah. trailer. So this will be very much like, don't release your trailer until we've released this. So whether we see something to do with that or whatever, I don't I don't know but how it's going to play. I'm, that's what I'm saying is, I think, so, you know, so Marvel aren't kind of holding Sony back. Yeah. If Sony want to release a trailer for Homecoming, I'm not going to say sooner rather than later, I would still say for Homecoming it would be the tail end of the year anyway. Yeah. Because they're still filming. Mm-hmm. So the art's just wrapped again. Um, movies seem to be wrapping quicker and quicker nowadays. Um, but I think it would be better for Marvel to you know, clear the way. Yeah, for anybody if they want to do anything, so that you know it's kind of Marvel are just standing here with their arm out now, just mm-hmm. saying, you know, kind of hold on, boys, you know, just wait a wee second here. Um, excited for it, but it will be intriguing to see just what'll get shown mm-hmm. because you would think it's going to be fairly dreary. Yeah, whether it's going to be a case of you're only going to see. The characters that survive, you yeah. know, like you're not going to see the likes of, say, um, a Falcon or a Black Panther or whatever. You're going to see the people who've survived. Whether whether it's going to mainly focus on Thanos, and then you know, like a couple of the Avengers just like kind of stand around, wondering what they do, you having know, a cup of tea. having a cup of tea or some shawarma, perhaps shawarma. But going on from that, what are your thoughts and feelings about Guardians Three being put on hold? That could be uh, the recent slot that was removed that mm-hmm. I was talking about previously in the episode here. Um, there was a slot that got removed for the future there. Uh, logically, you put two and two together, you would think it would be Guardians. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me that it's going to be put on the you know the back burner, really. They say they're going to still use the script that James Gunn yeah. uh, done for it and all. But... It's it's going to be an interesting thing what they do with it because Dave Bautista has obviously been fairly vocal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in terms of his support of James Gunn. Yeah. And we're not going to sit here and debate whether he was right, whether he was wrong, who was right, who was wrong here. Yeah. Um, I think it's very nice to see someone be supportive of someone. Mm-hmm. But... Loyalty doesn't pay bills, unfortunately. That is the thing. And how that will as a result impact Batista's position with mm-hmm. Marvel <laughs> with the way things have ended with Avengers 3 a very quick wee rewrite oh and, 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 and in the new Avengers movie uh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah and poof gone yeah sort of thing so how that would then impact Guardians 3 as well mm-hmm. is another thing altogether um but yeah it's after Guardians two, Guardians two. If you've listened, if you haven't listened to our whole ranking of the MCU, go and find that, folks, and listen to it. It's a very good episode. I enjoyed it very much. Um, but you'll see that that's fairly low on my list of MCU movies. Same with me as well. Yeah. So my excitement for three wasn't really there that much anyway. Would that have been a different kettle of fish if this had been Guardians two that had been put on hold, and after the success, and after the the big brouhaha that the first one brought that if they were going like Guardians 2 has been put on hold you'd be like oh I really enjoyed the first one I'm dying to see the second one whereas now it's like Guardians 2 didn't really whet my appetite as well as I thought it would yeah and it came to something that the event or the Guardians of the Galaxy were better for me in Infinity War yeah 
you exactly. know, because yeah. you got to see them play off other characters and stuff. 100%. But I'm not saying it was one of the movies that I came out of and I didn't know how I felt. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. But it's the first time that I came out going, hmm. I think for me, with Guardians 2, it's the end and it's kind of very, oh, right. Yeah. You know, it's very somber mm. for a Guardians movie. Do you think that maybe they tried to make that their empire? Goodness knows. It could be. Well, they were looking out a window into space. Uh, so there you go. There's your parallels. But we're not here to discuss Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in depth and detail. We can do that <laughs> another time. But yeah, to answer your question, if this was a potential, at that time, Guardians 2 yeah. getting delayed mm-hmm. after Guardians 1, I'm not going to say I'd be heartbroken, but yeah. I'd be like, Jeez, seriously, guys, you know, you're benching what was potentially one of your best, mm-hmm. you know, recent new properties. Yes. But alas, I think after two, my kind of, I'm not going to say interest, but. But you've got so much in the Marvel Universe to, this keep, is you, it. to keep you going. This it's not it. a case of this is the only movie that they're going to put out for the next, you know, year or so. This is going to be. Oh, right, well, I've got enough to keep me going. Exactly, you know, so. you know, we've got Captain Marvel coming. You've got, as you said, Black Widow eventually. There's going to be another Doctor Strange, etc. Yeah. Another Black Panther. I'm happy enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me, give me those you. and that'll keep me going in the meantime anyway. I agree with you. So, well, but again, because everything is so tied in this episode of the show, oh, everything is linked. You've, you've no idea. You ain't seen nothing yet. No, wait until you see the last bit of news <laughs> after this one. This is the perfect, perfect way to end this podcast. That is all I'm going to say. You're building things up here, Chris. Wait Don't until disappoint you, the people wait until here. You hear it. But as we were mentioning and have kind of discussed a fair bit during this episode with like Disney streaming service and all and uh, Star Wars... No, here, hold on a minute here. Is this a podcast where we're going to talk about something to do with Star Wars? Shock horror, eh? Okay. It's a shock. Um. But, big, interesting, scary, odd news out of the Mandalorian set, everybody. Uh, and this was reported by The Wrap earlier in the week. And that is that the Mandalorian set was victim to a theft which allegedly involved a bunch of expensive equipment. Now, do we know what said expensive equipment was? No. Uh, In particular, the camera department is the area of interest, and the creative team is concerned about sensitive information. Oh, wow. uh, On a memory card. Jeez. That might be out in the open. God, this this sounds like Bond. Can you move it? (laughs) The investigation is currently underway. Speculation is the robbery took place during the night while the set was dark, uh, but this is still an incredible development. Sets for high-profile productions like Star Wars are renowned for their levels of secrecy and tight security. So it's surprising equipment was whisked away. Um, of course, it is possible that this was an inside job and a member of the crew ran off with the materials after wrapping up a work day. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the results of the investigation are. Needless to say, the Mandalorian will be upping their levels of surveillance to ensure something like this does not happen again. Feels like you need a friggin' Mandalorian to keep an eye on the bloody um, weapons and cameras and things like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. So it is that for a production being run by, you know, Disney, mm-hmm. it would you would not expect such a break 
you know, in to happen. Oh, no way, because, you know, like, obviously with previous Star Wars um, movies, you've had them called, like, Blue Harvest or called something else, because if you go, this is Star Wars Episode Nine, it's like, oh, this thing that costs, like, 30 cents is now a dollar fifty because it's Star Wars, you know, so... They can afford it. Yeah, I mean, to have that kind of thing happen on a set and have, like, a camera with a... So that, that must have had some early footage shot or whether this has had, you know, maybe the profile of that Mandalorian and then it's been, you know, put on that and that's been stolen or things like that. Yeah. So it's just very strange that's happening like they've said it could be an inside job or whether a member of security is being given a, a backhander or back yeah. turn the other way you know like for them to let the other people in it's, I don't I don't know where they're filming The Mandalorian now it isn't the usual Pinewood stuff over here mm-hmm. so it isn't like they do with the movies Um, it is over uh, in California as far as I'm aware so that could also be a bit of a part of this. Yeah. Is that Disney has their usual sort of protocols and where they film and where they're used to filming. That because it's a TV show, maybe they've, I'm not going to say they've skimped on things a wee bit. They've scaled it down after like a movie, really. Yeah, because yeah. it's a TV show, not a movie. Yeah. Whether it's going to have plenty of money invested in it you know, for CG and, you know, quality of footage sort of thing at the end of the day. But maybe someone's just like, oh, it's only a TV show. <sighs> and it could fairly come now and bite them on the backside, so it could... It probably will do, and the the stupid thing is, is that such are things nowadays, like, whenever people do stuff like this, they'll post on social media. Yeah. Like, you know, Star Wars fans, I may have a treat for you, and you'll be like, oh, what does this mean? And then, lo and behold, you'll see, like, a picture of a camera and somebody's picture that they've done. And they'll be like, that's the camera that's missing. And it'll be something. They'll trip up something. Somehow. They'll not be the brightest. I'm uh, genuinely surprised, though. Like, this this was, a, you know, the tail end of the week there. This was mm-hmm. sort of Thursday time. This kind of news broke. Yeah. I'm shocked there isn't anything on the web already. Oh, yeah. already. Because yeah. at the end of the day, this isn't... Here's me going, like the olden days... Where you could blackmail a mm-hmm. company and say, "Here, give me half a million dollars, and I'll post it back to you." Yeah, or whatever. Um, the internet is the way it is. Being able to track people down is the way it is nowadays. Mm. Everything can be tracked, so yeah. they can't. So it's not a simple case of that person being able to turn around and go, "Yeah, give me some money, and I'll send it back to you." Yeah, because you don't find right either. I've got copied the stuff from the memory card anyway, and go so, like, "Here you go," and yeah. then post it anyway. So the only th- kind of thing they have is to go and post it online eventually Mm -hmm. and it'll just be the question of when not you know will they sort of thing so Disney could definitely be uh, well I'm not going to say could be I'm say they're fairly livid right now and will be doing anything and everything to get this tracked I'm sure all the security footage the surveillance footage will be getting Gone over with a fine tooth comb. Yes, yes, I think so. Right, are you ready for the this breaking news? Yes. Okay. Um, today it's been unveiled his duet with Iggy Pop on Silent Night from his upcoming Christmas album, Shatner Claus. 
Uh, Silent Night is a surprising take on the holiday classic featuring William Shatner's famous spoken word and a tender baritone from Iggy Pop. You can listen to Silent Night here, which you may do after. Silent Night is one of the holiday classics that Shatner has taken and turned on his head. He's assembled a true truly eclectic roster of vanguards, icons and misfits for a holiday album unlike any other. William Shatner has cultivated a career spanning over 50 years as an award-winning actor, director, producer, writer, recording artist and horseman. What is he, one of the four horsemen? Um, Shatner closes William's third album for Cleopatra Records following the 2011 Seeking Major Tom and 2013's Ponder the Mystery. Alan, would you like to know the track list? Why not? Jingle Bells featuring Henry Rollins. Don't know who that is. Blue Christmas featuring Brad Paisley. Little Drummer Boy featuring Joe Louis Walker. Winter Wonderland featuring Todd Bundgren and Artemis Pyle. Sounds like a Transformer. Leonard Skinner, it says. Twas the Night Before Christmas featuring Mel Collins. Um, the only ones we probably will know will be Rick Wakeman. Or Billy Gibson from ZZ Top yeah. on R- Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger. Oh, good lord. And uh, <laughs> White Christmas featuring Julie Collins. Bonus track, Jingle Bells featuring Henry Rollins. Punk rock version. And you can pre-order the album on Amazon if you wish to. So, How much is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact we're actually looking at this. So <laughs> thank you, Ryan, if you're listening for tagging me on Facebook. Because I literally looked at my Facebook and this came up and I was like... I'm ending the show with this. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> that is sublime. It, uh, is it is $25. Whoa. Yeah, so a little... Oh, that's an LP as well. It's a limited red vinyl LP pressing. So if you're a vinyl record fan, perfect present for anyone. So guess what you're getting for Christmas? <laughs> I need to get a record player though, but um, uh, yes, that, obviously- that is not the way I expected you to round out our news articles. Well, for with, the show. with Christmas coming, you know, like sometimes it's hard to pick the gift for the ones you love, and I know several people who have vital records, so you know, I might be pre ordering a couple just to. No hints here. No, no. Um, but yeah, I just saw that and it just made me like giggle inside. I didn't want to giggle too much and give yeah. it away. Um, but just whenever I saw that, I um, must. I must admit, though, I'm genuinely intrigued to hear that Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer one. With would CZ, you like with to CZ Top? Would you like to hear a sample of Silent Night? No, for copyright reasons. Okay, please. we'll hear that <laughs> off air then. But um, I'm sure that is um, something yeah. to behold. We'll uh, we'll have a listen afterwards. So we will. But yes. Thank you very much for that interesting final news article there, Chris. That was breaking news, by the way, folks. Breaking news. Yeah. But uh, that's it for this episode of Retro Shock News. Episode 129 of the oh, show. my. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, that's not Shatner, but yes. Hello. It's still, it's still linked. It's still linked. Um, but yes, one final plug before we depart. As Chris mentioned at the start of the show... If you would like to uh, give us your opinions on what you'd like to hear on the show going forward, be it about movies, TV shows, comic books, video games, whatever, drop us a DM or a regular tweet on Twitter at RetroShockPod, or drop us a message on Facebook, just search Operation RetroShock on there. You can also tweet both Chris and I directly, if you're that way inclined. I'm at Alan G. W. Price. that's two L's and an A. 
so it is and he's at vinto 316 you can also email chris on vinto 316 at gmail.com and one of these days you'll understand that and uh, remember that and you can also follow me on wordpress where i write about certain things i've been writing a lot about to do with wrestling and things like that and it's vinto 316.wordpress.com i believe awesome stuff so we hope you all enjoyed the show everybody it has been a great time here chatting away about all these lovely pop culture and nerddom things but for this week that is it we will bid you adieu and we'll see you all next week who knows what it'll be next week Chris oh I do not know Alan (laughs) 